0: This is CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring you today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Michelle Miller, the author of the much buzzed about and impossible to put down new thriller, The Underwriting. Michelle, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It's good to be here.
0: You know, I love books about the financial world. I've spent my entire life in the technology world. I knew I was going to like this book. But uh, you totally knocked it out of the park. I love this book.
1: (laughs) Thank you so, so, so much.
0: Tell listeners, uh, give us an overview of the book.
1: Yeah, so The Underwriting is a satirical corporate thriller about Wall Street and Silicon Valley. It follows the um, $14 billion IPO of a location-based dating app uh, through the sequence of that deal. But in the background, there is a murder. um, So there's a big mystery element to it as well.
0: And there's a lot of money, there's uh, a lot of sex, there's, um, it, it's just a fascinating character study of young people with a lot of money in New York and Silicon Valley.
1: Yes, that was uh, very much, the, the the impetus for it was to get into the heads of these characters who exist on both of these, um, in both of these cities, in both of these worlds. And really, I think the book starts with six stereotypes, all of the the points of view um, of the book, of which there are six, are pretty stereotypical at the beginning. But over the course of the novel, I think I try to create their context so that they're more understandable. So maybe at the end you still don't like them or still don't agree with what they do, but you really understand why um, and can empathize a bit with the pressures that
0: they feel. And I can say that there will be periods of of time when you're reading the book where you're just shaking your head going, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) These well, yeah. people. These people, <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> what's, what's been the reaction to the book in both New York and in Wall Street and in Silicon Valley?
1: Oh, it's been really wonderful. It's been fun to have friends read it and um, and kind of have your similar reaction. That's uh, that sort of oh gosh, what are these people doing? But also to have them say that it does feel very real and very true to um, to the issues that exist on both uh, Wall Street and in Silicon Valley.
0: And and the characters that you created are so cause that when especially when we're out in Silicon Valley, I'm like I think I know that guy. And- <laughs> It's just, it was so much fun to read. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I I understand there's, um, you're working on a script or something for television for this? Yeah, so we just announced the TV
1: deal last week, and Demol Shine has optioned it, and they're letting me stay on board as a writer and a producer, so I'm really excited to get into that. Um, It's so fun for me to translate things into other mediums. So it's fun to think about all the things that you can do with television that you can't do with
0: a book. Okay, you mentioned six characters. And readers, when they get into it, they're, obviously there are a lot more than six, but there are six point-of-view characters. Is there a single point-of-view character that, that you identified with a little bit more than the rest? Oh,
1: I think Tara Taylor, who ends up being uh, the protagonist, was certainly very close to my heart. She really has an arc where she starts to question why she's doing what she's doing. And I think it's a relatable struggle where she has a moment of saying, is this really what I want? Is this the life that I want? Mm -hmm. Or or am I in this because it's what I was told that I was supposed to want? And so I hope that that's something that people can really um, relate to and, and learn from. But uh, but she certainly is. All of the characters are very close to my heart, but she in particular.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are some some great characters in here. I really wanted to like Todd. I, I, <laughs> sad to say, but I, I could not warm up to him. <laughs> uh, we'll give him uh, give him the next book. Too. Okay, all right, and that's that's something I was thrilled to see when yes. I was at your website, which is so incredibly clever. Hashtag mm.com. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, they told
1: me to get michellemiller.com, but it's like the sixth most common name in America, I think. <laughs> so I had to come up with something different. but
0: That's very clever. And while I was there, I saw you were on CNBC yesterday.
1: Yes, yes. It was a great way to kick off um, pub date.
0: Yeah. So this is this is publication week for the book. Give yes. give listeners a sense of, of what it's like at this level to be releasing a book. What's your schedule been like this week?
1: Oh, it's been pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I was completely prepared. It's so funny because you sort of spend all this time with these characters, and then all of a sudden they're out in the open. Um, <laughs> it's a very strange switch, and it really is just an immediate switch. But it's been so, so nice to... Um, to have people reading and responding in such a positive way. It's so nerve-wracking to, to think how people are going to, to react, and so I'm
0: glad that people are finding it, um, finding it fun. You did something that is really unique in our time for prior to the book being, I, I guess, purchased by Putnam. Uh-huh. Uh, you serialized it online.
1: Right. I am fascinated by serial as a form. You know, it's how Dickens published, it's how Henry James published. Even Bonfire of the Vanities was actually published in the back of Rolling Stone magazine as a serial before it was turned into a novel. And that was just a form that I so much wanted to revive. I think it really resonates in a modern way because you have these short chunks, short short and satisfying Mm -hmm. chunks of material that you feel like you can get through that aren't as daunting as as a long novel. But at the same time, you get an ongoing Relationship with a character, which I think is is something that television has certainly proved that we want, and so I really wanted to experiment with that. Um, and as an artist, uh, as a first time novelist, I guess trying to get my name out, it was also a nice way to um, to find my voice and find an audience before I delved into traditional publishing.
0: Was there a fear? Because certainly industry pros would say, "Oh, you can't do that. That's uh, no one. No one will pick up the book if you do that."
1: Yes. And there was a fear of what was <laughs> happening. But to me, I think serial is, uh, you know, serial and novels are kind of like painting versus photography. They're, they're two totally different forms. And you can take a photograph and make a painting of the same object, but they're going to come out a little bit differently. And that certainly feels like what's happened with the underwriting that once we adapted into a novel, it, it really is a different form and, um, and reads a little bit differently. And, and same with the television.
0: Now, you've done some interesting things to market the book. Uh, One of the things I I saw on your website, I'd I'd like to talk about just briefly, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes because it's tremendous, this little YouTube video that you did, How to Think Like a Man. My wife was looking over my shoulder as I was watching that this morning, just howling. And I, of course, did not get it at all. (laughs) Oh I, I was worried about how that one would
1: be reacted to but I hope that it um it came off with the the
0: Oh it's the brilliant.
1: love section for men which I feel um but yes the video it it was in response to someone asking me how I got into the heads of my male characters to write from their perspectives and I said well basically I shut off 80% of my brain and commit half of what's left to sex um and that's Pretty much how Todd thinks, I think. <laughs> certainly not all men, but certainly Todd. Um, so it was a fun video to do.
0: You know, there was a time when I was Todd's age, and I'm not sure that it's that far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to feel um, affirmed or scared by that fact. <laughs> you've done some other interesting things as well. Um, you, you did some things with Craigslist, and uh, I'm going to, is it Tinder?
1: Tinder, yes. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, so Tinder is an app that actually wasn't out when I started writing the book, but um, is an awful lot like my fictional app Hook, which is it's a location-based dating app that's quite popular in um, amongst urban singles. And so, uh, I actually created profiles for each of my characters, um, so uh, online dating profiles, and they would flirt <laughs> with uh, with people of the opposite sex who were unsuspecting gentlemen, mostly. Um, (laughs) And my rule was that within three (laughs) flirts, I had to mention the website. So it was a lot of fun and created a lot of funny content out of it when people found out that that there was, that it was a character behind it. Um, and then on Craigslist, you know, the book was heavily targeting people who worked on wall street and in Silicon Valley. I really wanted it to feel like an insidery thing. Mm-hmm. And so I hired some really cute girls off of Craigslist and, um, had them pass out flyers that had the first episode, the first chapter rather, uh, printed, uh, in the Starbucks outside of Morgan Stanley and, um, <laughs> and other banks in Manhattan.
0: So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and in the book, there are all these, for people who aren't really in the world of technology or might not be 30 and under and using all these things, there are just all these references to current ways of going about things. Like in New York, instead of the old, when you'd read a financial book, there, there'd just be a limo down there. Um, Todd called for, what's Uber, an Uber, or, or whatever the car services are that we don't have down here in Florida.
1: you know i think it's so fun to think about generations um i think a lot about the relationship between different generations and to me it's always the same characters and it's always the same motivations and it's always the same um the same underlying meaning it's just expressed in very different ways so you're right the car service becomes uber and uh Russian caviar, importing Russian caviar was very cool in the 80s. And now it's very cool to, you know, have locally sourced organic kale. <laughs> but it's all kind of about the same doing what's cool and following what's, uh, what's new and hip. And so... It's fun for me to think about those parallels.
0: All right. Now, when you had people that were, let's say, over 30, and let's say Mm -hmm. that I'm slightly over 30, (laughs) and um, when they read the book, what was their reaction to the idea of this hook app?
1: Oh, it was so funny. I had some older um, mentors of mine call me just furious, and they said, <laughs> I can't believe that like this even can exist in your mind that you could think that something like this could could exist. And then I showed them Tinder, and I said, it, it does exist. <laughs> So I think that there's kind of this—I hope that it's a book that everyone can read and that um, for, you know, people who are in the world, it feels very relatable. And for people who are outside of it, it it maybe is a bit of an education on on the mindset and the habits of of these characters.
0: If I—if we didn't have kids that were in their— late 20s, I wouldn't know anything about these apps, and I would have just said, oh, she just made that up. But uh, as it is, I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, now I get it. (laughs) Oh, good. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, You worked for, was it J.P. Morgan out in Silicon Valley as a private banker? Yes, I was an associate in
1: the Palo Alto office of the private bank of J.P. Morgan. That's right.
0: There is a scene in the book that is probably just a toss-away line in there, but it's at an art gallery opening, and there is a J.P. Morgan a private banker there named John Lewis who's pitching some fabulously rich guy the value of the premier checking account. And I just doubled over laughing when I read that. Having been through that myself and hearing this stuff, it was so spot on. So did you ever do that? I That was very much written to, to make my boss
1: laugh. Uh, so I hope that he also doubled over with laughter when he read it. Uh, it was really fun collecting those kind of insights jokes, and and some of them were from my own life, and some of them were things that had been handed from me, uh, handed to me from friends in other parts of the bank. But I think those are the things that, um, the details that I hope made it made it
0: compelling and fun. Any fear that people are going to look at the book and say, "Oh, this has got to be autobiographical." <sighs>
1: yes uh yes and no it's a funny thing when you're writing fiction because in some ways everything feels autobiographical mm-hmm. I can't i i at least am not someone who can write things that i haven't felt i can i can write things that i haven't experienced so i can write events that haven't happened to me but i really have to go through the process of feeling the fear or the pressure or the anxiety or the hubris and um and so, for me, that's really the craft is is sort of forcing yourself to experience all those emotions. So when when Charlie has to go to the funeral, to his sister's funeral, you know, actually getting into Charlie's skin enough to feel that emotion, um, or when when Nick, you know, is having this existential crisis because he doesn't think he's going to make two hundred million dollars, and and that is incredibly <laughs> heartbreaking to Nick.
0: Oh, he is—he's <laughs> a piece like of work.
1: Have to really process and make that real for myself so it feels very vulnerable in that sense that i think that i've experienced all the emotions of these characters even though i haven't experienced the events that have happened to them
0: okay so we're talking about your new book the underwriting it's available now where all can people pick up the book
1: Oh, it's it's in most major retailers. It's in Barnes and Noble and Target and a lot of airports and um, and of course available online. And all those links are available on my website at hashtagmm.com. dot com.
0: And you've got a little spot in there where people can sign up for the email list so that you can notify them when the next book in what I'm so thrilled to learn is going to be a series is coming out. Yes. Thank you so much. This is this has been absolutely terrific. Uh, I loved your book, and it's really fun to watch what you're doing to help promote it.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been really nice to talk to you.
0: This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please drop us a rating or review. Those help other listeners find great new books like The Underwriting from Michelle Miller. Thanks for listening.